Welcome to Ministry Mondays with Meg. I'm Meg. I am Reverend Meg Biddle. I am the National Coordinator of Ministry Life and the American Baptist Profile System. And I am currently serving at the American Baptist Home Mission Societies. And this is Ministry Mondays, where I welcome clergy to come and have conversation about what ministry is really like today. Today, I am joined by my friend and colleague, Reverend Justin Thornburg. Justin, thank you so much for being here with me today. Yeah, you bet. You bet. So would you like to tell everybody, Justin is a multivocational pastor um, clergy, would you like to tell everybody a little bit about uh, your ministries that you're currently serving in? Sure. Um, I currently serve as the pastor of Emerson Avenue Baptist Church here in Indianapolis. It's a small um, urban congregation, um, very uh, economically and socially, uh, culturally uh, diverse. Um, our building is our main ministry uh, with that. We use the space and uh, four other congregations worship in our building, um, two of which are immigrant congregations. Um, and so I've been there for a little over nine years now. Um, and so we've been uh, active in the East Side community uh, for a hundred years. And um, we hit a hundred years in uh, 2021. So. Um, I also serve as a chaplain, uh, very part-time chaplain at an orthopedic hospital. Uh, I meet folks pre-op before they go in, uh, spend some time with them before they go back. Uh, I am a theater educator. I teach theater to pre-K and kindergarten kids, um, which is my love. That's uh, I, It must I be fun. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's It's can be a strain on the patient sometimes, but it's, it's, it's wonderful. My undergrad work was in theater. And so I was doing professional theater before I got the call to ministry. Um, and so it's nice to go back to sort of my roots with that. Um, and then my other vocation is that of a uh, death doula or death companion. Um, and I have a uh, company called Thresholds End of Life, uh, accompaniment and planning. Um, and so um, we are, we are me, I am, I am the company. <laughs> um, you are the company, I okay. am the company. Yes, uh, uh, work with uh, folks uh, as they start thinking about end of life care and um, walk with them on that journey. Um, so. so has, has the pandemic, um, I mean, we've been in this for over two years mm -hmm. and are hopefully slowly emerging into this endemic stage. Mm -hmm. Is the pandemic really what led to the need for um, multivocations or is that? No, I, my, like, like many small churches, mine, uh, I, I went from full-time to part-time uh, about a year and a half before the pandemic hit. 
Um, and then the multivocational was, yeah, out of necessity. Um, you know, uh, not necessarily really affected by the pandemic um, uh, for, for me, um, it, because I was sort of in this stage before the pandemic hit. Um, but yeah, I mean, like when, when my uh, call first went part-time, I had um, gotten another part-time job, but it was a grant-funded job. And so it ended after nine months. And then so I, since then, I sort of was piecemealing things together to, to sort of to match that To try and make up. it through, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so how long have you been doing the death doula? Because that, yeah, that is very interesting. Like, how it's, long you've been doing it? What is a death doula? Right. Well, how long I've been doing it is a tough question, because uh, it's something that I've been doing before it had a name. Uh, you know, I, I've, you know, part of my story with how I got to that to, to being a death doula is, you know, back. 23 years ago when my dad died, it was um, quick, but not quick. It, he had a long-term illness, um, but then when he had a, an incident, 24 hours later, he was gone. Um, and so that 24-hour period is sort of set with me where we spent the moments he was lucid uh, trying to get... Uh, uh, living wills and uh, powers of attorney and advanced directives signed. Um, we literally would have somebody at the nurse's station call us as soon as he would wake up enough to be able to sign things, uh, you know, and so, and then, you know, going to the funeral home and sort of being bombarded with everything that happens. And then, you know, jump many years later when I'm a pastor and I'm seeing the same sort of things happening with my congregation. And so I've felt this call to like help people be ready uh, for a long time. Um, it's the, 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 the calling to doing the actual death, do the work uh, came about when I lost one of my contract jobs and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm tired of hustling for other people. I'm going to hustle for myself. Right. In a way. Absolutely. Um, and, and I had had this idea of like, what if there was like a coach or somebody that could help people f understand advanced directives and powers of attorney and all of this stuff and uh, help them understand pre-planning, what they can and can't, uh, what, what their rights are when they're meeting with the funeral directors and pre-planning and all of this stuff. What if there was like a coach? And so I started doing some research and some looking and I'm like, boom, I run into this thing called death midwifery or death, death doulas. Um, and there's this whole movement um, happening. And I've, so to get to the question of what is a death doula, death doulas are holistic in their approach to death and dying. Um, and it's sort of like asking what is a Baptist. <laughs> you ask one Baptist, <laughs> they'll tell you something different. Right. Uh, because what I've discovered in networking and making lots of friends in this calling 
is that we all are called sort of to a different aspect of it. Um, you know, there, there are some folks whose call is to sit vigil with families and to be present in those last moments. There are some whose uh, calling is to um, education, just to teach classes on, you know, what, what are these things? What's, what's it mean to, uh, how, one, one of my friends uh, teaches how to talk to, about death and dying to kids. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, and so that's, that's her calling. She, she, she's focused on helping people explain death and dying to kids. Um, you know, another friend is, um, focuses on grief work and stuff for the LGBTQ community, especially the trans community, um, because they're trans and that's what they feel called to. Um, for me, I feel led, um, to helping folks learn and understand sort of the advanced planning uh, aspects of it, uh, because that's what affected me so much uh, in my early part of my life. Yeah. Um, and so I've learned and I'm, I'm still learning, always learning, um, you know, and I, I can tell you sort of Indiana's laws and stuff right. for advanced directives, but I'm learning surrounding states as well. Um, so I can help people do that, you know, like, what kind of funeral do you want? What kind of uh, disposition do you want? Um, you know, in, in some places you can have cremation, you can be buried in a traditional vault and casket, you can have a green burial, you could have uh, in California, I think California, Oregon and Colorado, I know for sure you can have aquamation, which is, um, it was in the news a lot because that's how uh, Bishop Tutu uh, at his body's body uh, disposition. Um, you can have natural organic reduction, uh, human co composting, it's called. My um, daughter wants um, uh, one of those Viking pyre. No. <laughs> my 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 friend who's uh, does the the uh, work with the LGBTQ community did some research in that, and it's like only legal in one state where you can do it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that up. Because... Yeah, yeah, and I I can't remember what that is, but um, okay. <laughs> so, so there's all sorts of different. You know, another part of my calling is to help folks. Um, I want to empower loved ones to be able to sit vigil, because you don't have to. The other thing is with this holistic approach, um, we we've sanitized death and dying so much and medical medicalized it you don't have to die in a hospital. You can die at home and you can die at home surrounded by your loved ones with your dog on your bed. You know, you can do that. That's not against the law. There's nothing that says you have to die in a hospital. Okay. Um, and so to help folks understand that, um, to, um, to understand that, to work with them on, well, what do you want your last days and weeks and moments to be like, and to have those conversations and to hold space for it, um, to work with the, the person that's dying and or the family and loved ones 
to create a ritual to do like when when the person dies you know you know um what one of the books i've read you know one of the early practitioners talked about you know one of his early clients uh loved going to hawaii and was a surfer and one of the things that surfers would do when someone died is they'd all get on their boards and the water and throw flowers into the middle of the circle and he's like when i go i want my family to surround my bed and put flowers on me oh. you know as, as sort of a final gesture and you know and to let folks know that you know in all 50 states home funerals are legal you know okay. you can have a funeral at home uh, you don't have to have it at the uh, funeral home my great-grandmother is buried in the backyard yeah yeah, I it's mean, Kentucky, but you know, right, she's right. buried in the backyard. Yeah, um, yeah. And, I put mean, a vault over it. I, I, I love my, uh, my, my in laws have eight acres in rural Minnesota. And I'm like, yeah. there's a tree there that I want to be buried under. Hmm. But, you know, each state has their own laws. In Indiana, if you have a certain amount of property, you can declare part of it a family cemetery. And so, but, um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's the other fun part is like, you know, with ADHD, I sort of hyper-focus. And so like digging into some of these yeah. really, like laws, um, but yeah, so that's, that's sort of what death doula is. It's, it's a lot of stuff. So it um, goes beyond pastoral care because yeah. people I'm assuming it, aren't necessarily non-medical, non-sectarian. Yeah. You know, because of my pastoral, um, education and stuff, I can serve that role, but I would still rather in the context of a death doula, have them be with their own clergy person. Um, so yeah, it, it's more of an educational companioning, you know, some folks call themselves death companions okay. or, or grief companions. Um, yeah, that's a whole another aspect of death doula is some folks specialize in grief work. Um, okay. uh, I think, I think that's, uh, really important, Justin, what you're saying there is like you would rather if they're a spiritual person for them to have their own mm -hmm. um, their own clergy person there, uh, their own uh, spiritual guide right. um, that you're not there to take somebody's place. Right. Um, yeah. I, think, I think that's an important, a really important part for. Yeah. You know, no, I'm, I'm there to accompany, you know, just yeah. to to be um, space for. Now, can they can they have like a hospice person and a yes. doula? Yes, yes. In okay. fact, there are some hospices that even have death doulas on staff. Okay. Um, because death doulas aren't medical. Right. So, you know, it, for any of the the medical needs, uh, that's what hospice cares for. Um, and so yeah, the hospice does that. We do we do more of the holistic. Um, I mean, you can say spiritual preparation and, sure. and stuff, but it's that in in more of the uh, the nitty as the hospice focuses on the um, medical and and you know okay. chaplains through the hospice or um, you know social workers through the hospice. We're not social workers. We don't. 
carry, right. carry that. Um, so. so if if a person or if a family wanted you to do a service, do a, a something mm -hmm. for that person, if they didn't have their mm -hmm. own person, would a death doula go ahead and facilitate that? I, I think it would kind, be up is to there the a line? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I think I think it's a personal decision okay. or a boundaries decision. Okay. You know, yeah. if, if that were the instant case, um, if, if I ran into that and somebody wanted me to, I would probably do it. Um, but I don't know. I haven't run into that. Um, okay. But that one just know, kind of popped in my head. Yeah, so, you know, one, I have ADD my, too. So. You know, one of my mentors, uh, was asked in that class and they said, uh, somebody asked, you know, do you go to the funerals if, of folks? And they're like, if I'm invited, you know. Kind so, of like chaplaincy. I mean, yeah, yeah. chaplaincy, I remember we, you know, were often there as somebody was drawing their last, right. um, which is a sacred space mm -hmm. to be allowed into. Right. But um, didn't go to funerals yeah. unless you were specifically right. invited to go. And then it was, it was still, you really kind of and step back to think, is this appropriate right. for, for me exactly. to be doing that? So this so, is yeah, really. I, I think it would just depend on, you know, the relationship and what what needs I could discern, you know, like um so is the is the relationship part of it? Is that the most what part of the death doula mm -hmm. like what part of it brings you the most joy? For me, it's the empowerment. Mm. Um, you know, not just for families to go into the death of a loved one, knowing that things are ready. We're ready when it comes, you know? Yeah, it may still be like in my dad's sense, 24 hours, they're gone. Right. But there, there's a grounding, I think, that happens when you, when, if something like that happens, if you have all of the paperwork ready, if you have, you know, a funeral plan ready, that takes a burden off of the loved ones and allows them to be present mm -hmm. in that time. And I think for me, that's what is important. Um, but also for, for the person that's dying to be able to make those choices and those decisions um, to say that this is what I want when I die. I, I wanna be buried you know, yeah. in my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> if it's no, I agree. I, I think I think I agree because it seemed like so often I'm going to go back to that chaplaincy thing, or even uh when I served as a pastor, mm -hmm. by the time you're there, you're introduced a lot of times anyway, it seemed like we were already past all of that. I mean, it was too late a yeah. lot of times. Um we were like at your dad's situation where we've got less than 24 hours and everybody's scrambling to figure out right 
everything. So, yeah. and then and then afterwards, you know, you go into the funeral home, and I, I have a love hate relationship with funeral homes. I I, there are there are some fantastic funeral directors, but there's so many predatory. You know, I my congregation is poor, and I went in with a family, and they're trying to upsell like this ten thousand dollar casket. I'm like. That's more than this person makes it made in a year, you know. It's like, um, and so to be able to own yourself in that moment. So even, you can go in as the death doula and advocate for the family yeah, to go. Yeah. No, you're not gonna oversell them. You can Is that go, part of your role. Part of it, it, I. I don't feel comfortable like going in. I, I'm not there to make decisions for them. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm there to give them all of the information okay. and uh, say, these are your choices. Um, so they, when you go in, you won't be, you know, you won't be able to be taken advantage of. Um, you'll, you'll know, you know, that you can buy your casket at Costco for $500 instead of, the twelve thousand dollar one they want to sell you, you know? and that's legal. It's legal in all fifty states. Yeah, I need to write that down. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I didn't yeah. know that you could actually. I mean, I knew that they that they did things like you know sell them mm -hmm. at Costco, but right, yeah. it just kind of seems like yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm assuming, and please correct me um, mm -hmm. uh, if. I'm wrong, but I'm that you wouldn't function as a death doula for perhaps somebody who's already in your congregation boundaries or um I I I would it hasn't come work. up yet. I, I would it hasn't come up yet. But you know, I, I feel that now that I know I have this information, I would do it as their path. I wouldn't do it as they wouldn't pay me. For death do the work i would do it right in the pastoral role but i would still feed give them that information and do that stuff so i'd use the information in the pastoral role but not, right not as the death doula because i charge fees for the death doula work right and i feel like knowing <laughs> knowing you that I, I i i can't see you definitely um i can't see you as somebody who'd be like yeah, I can be your pastor and your death doula. And, right. you know, I yeah. <laughs> just not. No. Yeah, no. Just not. Um, so has stepping into this role, um, becoming this death doula, uh, as well as being pastor Justin and, and theater director and all of these and dad and all of mm -hmm. these other things, has has that all has one affected the other? Do you think it's made you a better, more effective? Yeah, I think it has. Um, especially in the death work, um, I'm I'm I've always been one that needs to wants to have my toes in all different ponds because I want to absorb as much education and information as I can. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I think having a finger or toe in all of those ponds helps. Um, but it also, you know, helps in just 
building relationships with the community. Um, like, I want to focus my work right now on the east side of Indianapolis. You know, we have a lot of stuff going on on the east side of Indianapolis. Um, you know, and so I'm really just sort of focusing on this area right now. Um, and by building these relationships, I'm able to, you know, I, there's a, there's a class I'm working on putting together uh, that comes out of a conversation with um, actually Molly Grisham. Do you know? Oh, I yeah. do. She, she and I talked, you know, I don't know, several months ago, but it came out of a conversation with that. And then subsequent conversations afterwards, I'm like, okay, this is God saying, <laughs> this is a class. And, he's, and it's uh, a class for people our age, you know, oh. Gen X and millennials, uh, whose parents are older and whose parents refuse to talk about it. So how do we talk to our parents about death and dying? Sort of the flip of my friend's class of talking to kids about death and dying, but yeah. how do we talk to our parents about death and dying? And how important it is, you know, again, here I am with my pre-planning stuff, you know, the one of the greatest gifts you can give your children or your grandchildren or whomever is going to be in charge of all of this is to be ready. You know, I had another conversation with a friend whose family owns a business and has since the thirties. Um, and the, so the, my friend's grandparents opened it and now it's his parents generation that runs it who are all in their seventies, eighties and refuse to talk about, like a succession plan or anything like that. And he's like, I want the business. I don't want it to go to my crazy guys. Right. I want this all. Yeah. I want it. And so, uh, but because of the age or whatever, you know, laws say it would go to everybody equally. And so, and so part of your role was to like help with the, overcome that fear of talking about yeah, the stigma I mean, of talking so about that's, that's what I'm working on. I'm trying to put this class together of like, you know, how can we sit down with our parents and have this conversation? Um, I so. think that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> and mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that would be really helpful as yeah. someone in my 40s. And yeah, yeah um, to, to be able to talk about those things and I mean, because as, as a pastor, it kind of, it's a different, it's a whole different yeah. when it's somebody else's, then right. it just happens and you go with it and you know the person and the, right. but your own, Justin, I think that, yeah. I think that's brilliant. Um, so, yeah. And, and my plan with that is to sort of test it out locally, but then, you know, thanks to the pandemic, you know, we all have access to Zoom and stuff. And right. uh, many of my colleagues do Zoom classes. And so I'll probably open it up. But I want to test the waters locally first. And then, Absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. I look forward to, to hearing yeah. more about, about this. Mm -hmm. um, so 
in all of your ministries, um, because I believe that each and every one that you have is truly a ministry, you know, where I know we, you talked about the joy of being, you know, helping someone be ready. Um, where, where, where are other places that you find joy when you're just running from one thing to the next, um, kind of thing? Yeah. I, I find it with my kids. With your kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we hang out a lot and just play and have a good time and they're, they ground me. They really do. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah yeah i mean just i i love their imaginations and their creativity um and just the the freedom and this is why i like working teaching the theater to the little kids too it's just like there's such openness yeah. in kids to try things even if they're scared you know to try to go into you know these these imagination places that that can be scary and can be wonderful and can just and so that that's what brings me joy is being able to go with them into those places if we could only hold on to all of that as adults and and never ever lose it i right. know i yeah. know um so as as we kind of wrap up our conversation, which mm -hmm. I hope this is the first <laughs> of many, um, because um, uh, I think I think we'll be hearing more from from you and and how this ministry grows. If people want to support you mm -hmm. in this ministry, how can they do that? You can go to. Uh, www.wecrossthethreshold.com or you can and or <laughs> you can uh, PayPal me at Celtic Wander. Um, the, the funds that would go to the PayPal account would go to help support uh, this death work uh, through education, marketing, um, just uh, everything that, that goes into running a small business. Um, and so... Um, yeah, that's how you can support. Okay. And again, uh, you're, if you want to learn more about the work I do, you can go to the website. Uh, which which is the we, we cross, cross the, the threshold.com. Yeah. Okay. And and again, your church is Emerson Avenue. Yes. Baptist, Baptist in, in Indianapolis. Justin, I am so grateful that you joined me today yeah, for, for this. Thanks for inviting me. Um yeah, absolutely. And um, like I said, I do hope that this is the first of of many. Yeah. Um, and for everybody out there watching, uh, you can catch us Mondays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we are on Facebook on the American Baptist Home Mission Society's page. We're on YouTube. Uh, at the American Baptist Home Mission Society page and at ministrylife.org. Thanks for watching. <laughs>